You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast about finding adventure every day and making your life a little more interesting. From Dallas, Texas, I'm your host, James Barrett, joined always by my co-host, Michael DeRosiers in Bangkok, Thailand. So James, first order of business today. Last week, mm-hmm. you had to take the first penalty. I did. Because you didn't do anything new. Your penalty was that you had to make a Russian dish. Listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, we have a, a game that we play on this show where we have to do something that we've never done before, something new. And it could be as adventurous or as small as we want it to be. <laughs> if we don't do something new, the other host has to give us a challenge to complete. And if we fail to do that challenge by the next week, we owe our friend $50, which hasn't happened yet and hopefully never will. So this is just to get us out and adventuring. Did you do your Russian dish or do you owe me $50? I did. I made blini, which are just pancakes basically, but I burnt them. So it was sad. That is sad. The pan I was using was too hot. Whatever. I, I did it. (laughs) <laughs> right. Good. Okay. Well, very good. So that was your new adventure, I assume. Did you do anything else new or adventurous this week? Yes. I don't want a double penalty. There's no double jeopardy in this game. If you have to do a penalty, it's okay if you don't do something else new. Yes. We don't want okay. it to stack. But did you do something new? Yes. Me and my fiance visited our local skate park, which was tons of fun. Nice. That's, that's great. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, my friend? Did you do anything new this week? So, James, you know this. I've been semi-locked down for the last two weeks. I tried to do something new, but stuck in my house. Some of the things I had that I was going to do kind of fell through. So, no, I didn't. I've been (laughs) in my apartment. So, unfortunately, and I don't want this to become a regular thing. Now that, like, I don't want to be like, oh, the seal is broken, and now neither one of us is going to do something new or do anything ever. Each other every week, no. <laughs> um, but this week, I had circumstances, so I'm. See, yours, yours is more understandable, and I debated on whether or not I should give you a pass or not. Well, I accept the penalty. I think that uh, okay. there were things I could have done. Well, we'll make this one easy, like you did for me for this first one. See, it's hard because I can't like send you out and about. No, we're just going to go with that one. The same challenge that, that you gave me. You will get a map and point to it, and you will make a dish from whatever you point to. Okay. I don't have I don't have a physical map, but I'm going to go to a random country generator. Okay, perfect. Ah, okay. Wheel of random countries. James, I accept your challenge. I'm going to spin the wheel of random countries. Oh, my gosh. It has sound effects. I don't think you can hear that. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> Belgium. Interesting. What do they eat in Belgium? Belgian waffles. French fries are Belgian, aren't they? French fries. Freedom fries. Yeah. Do you remember freedom fries? I do. What a weird time. Very good. Well, I will do some research. I'll see what I can make. I would like to add something to this challenge. Okay. If we have a food penalty, I would like to request to make it acceptable if you can find an authentic restaurant. Because sometimes, like, if I had gotten, like... Egypt, like those ingredients are going to be hard to find. Right. So I would say try and make it, but if you can't, try and find a restaurant. Okay. I can order food in anyway if if that has to be, but I think I can probably make something. I will give it my best shot. You can make fries, but you have to eat them with mayonnaise. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm not a huge fan of mayonnaise. Oh, are you not? So um, I like it on like sandwiches or like chicken salad, but I don't think I would want to dip my fries in it. 
I kind of like it, but I mix it with the ketchup for my fries. Here's one. How do you feel about like British style chips with malt vinegar? Love it. It's so good. Anytime a place has French fries and they have malt vinegar, I just like douse it. It's so good. Hopefully we won't make the penalties a regular thing, but I think that we're going to try to structure them. We're going to actually try to make a, maybe even a list of penalties that we can have an actual wheel of penalty in some sense. Um, And this week, like we said, there are strange circumstances which prevent me from doing a lot of what I could do, but I still want to participate in this challenge, in this game. And so I will. And sort of along those lines, we are here to announce our new monthly challenge for the month of May. Yeah. So thank you all who sent in your entries into our April challenge, which was having coffee outside. We really enjoyed them. Uh, We're going to be in contact with some of you guys privately to send you some stickers. We had some great entries. We really did. Mm -hmm. We did. Well, let's talk about that first, actually. What did you do for your coffee outdoors challenge, James? I got instant coffee Uh and I got water and I put it in a cup on my outside. Okay. Hey, it's a weird time. It's following the letter of the challenge, if not the spirit. Yeah, I had plans too. I was going to go out to a nearby national park and bring my canister stove and make a cup of coffee. But then, like I told you, I got caught in this uh, COVID scare. So I was stuck at home, but I also followed the spirit. Well, I tried to follow the spirit of the challenge. I got my alcohol stove that I use for backpack camping, took it out on my balcony, and made a cup of also instant coffee. And I put <laughs> Malaysian white coffee, which got in Hat Yai a couple weeks ago. Great stuff. That's better. But um, it certainly wasn't as good as what any of our listeners sent in. Everybody sent in no, really like, great stuff. If, so If we had entered the competition, we would have lost. Luckily, I can get a sticker whenever I want. <laughs> but thank you all for entering. And we are going to issue you a new monthly challenge. The new monthly challenge is actually pretty simple. It is maybe even easier than making coffee outside. It is to find and take a picture of your favorite local spot. Brilliant. Just whatever your favorite spot is in your local area, take a picture of it. I like that a lot. All right. Well, very cool. I'm excited to see that again. And uh, you have until the end of the month. So get on it. All right. You ready to jump into this interview? So, yeah, we have a really interesting interview today. So let's, let's do it. Here we go. Welcome back to Attempt Adventure. Today, I'm joined by special guest Kelly Paxian. Kelly is a digital nomad, world traveler, and adventure entrepreneur. And today, she's joining me all the way from Cape Town, South Africa, to talk about solo adventuring, building her brand, and her recent safari in Kruger National Park. So, Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad. I was so excited when you suggested this. Yeah, you've had some really cool experiences that I'm super excited to talk about. Uh, But first, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are and what you're doing there? Okay. Um, So my name's Kelly. I'm from Canada, from Vancouver originally. And I'm now living as a digital nomad in my favorite place in the world, which is Cape Town, South Africa. So I just work online so I can kind of live 
wherever there's Wi-Fi and Cape Town's my favorite place in the world. So that's where I am based right now. But I travel around like quite a bit. I was in Mexico in the fall for like two and a half months and going home to Canada for the summer. So just bouncing around. But yeah, right now I'm in Cape Town. So it's lovely. You've been, right? Uh, yeah, I have. So back in college, I did a study abroad at Stellenbosch University, not super far away from Cape Town. A lot of wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and we went into Cape Town a couple times during that experience. It was great. I, it's such a cool part of the world. Yeah, it's so, so stunning. W- what brought you to Cape Town the first time? Originally, yeah, this is my so this is my fourth time to Cape Town. I'll kind of like get into this, I guess. So like when I first started, my first real solo trip was a six month trip around the world. I I was working in PR at the time and I was just like, I have to go get out there. Like there's so much I want to see. Like I had a friend living in Rwanda at the time. So I I went on this trip and I, I had like three themes for it. So it was called peace, play, passion. So the peace part was Rwanda and that kind of turned into like a little Africa tour. And then the play part was Southeast Asia and um, Australia. And then the passion part was Paris. So anyways, um, when I came to Rwanda, I I heard about Cape Town and I heard it was like a, a fun city. I had heard nothing about it really. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm in Africa. I'll just pop down. Meanwhile, it's like a nine hour flight or something. But <laughs> <laughs> right. like, okay, I'm, I'm on the continent. Um, so I came down for a week to Cape Town and yeah, I just fell in love. I was like, what is this magical place? Had the best time. Um, and then I was like, okay, I need to come back. So then I came back the next year for my 30th birthday for another week. And at that point, I was like, okay, like, this isn't a joke anymore. Like, I need to come back for an extended amount of time. Like, not a fluke. It's just really is that amazing here. Um, so then awesome, I came yeah. back uh, last year, like 2020 from January to March. Uh, then COVID happened, and now I'm here. I came from January to March, but uh, our visas got extended, so I get to stay till June, I guess. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, if you were, I don't want to say lucky, but if you were, happened to be abroad when COVID happened, um, it made things, I guess, on, on one hand, a lot easier. Yeah, I've been on an emergency visa for over a year now. Really? Is that how you're allowed to stay in Thailand that long? Yeah, well, they, they closed the borders like March last year and, and they're still closed. So they just wow. keep extending us uh, two months at a time every two months. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Like I did go home during COVID, but this time, um, yeah, South Africa just extended like all the tourist visas. So I mean, I did apply and like paid for mine to get extended, sure, yeah. but then they announced it anyways. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into too much of like a COVID talk, but, but in yeah. general, like how is, how is the situation there? Honestly, it's, pretty good like I don't know I feel so blessed like obviously we still take precautions like we wear masks when we go outdoors there's hand sanitizer for every shop and every restaurant you have to get your temperature taken and like you distance like as much as possible you just like abide by the rules and the restrictions but um everything is like pretty much open here we have curfew from like 12 like midnight till 4 a.m but other than that like people were allowed to go out on the beaches. We're allowed to go to like restaurants and bars. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if COVID kind of like swept through South Africa, like especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. because a lot of people I know here have had it. So maybe it's something to do with that. But I I feel blessed. Now. I feel like I'm in like That's the best great. place in the world for many reasons right now. <laughs> 
Well, you, you mentioned your first big adventure, which is kind of where I wanted to start today. So yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of inspired you to, to step out on your own and do that? Because that's a big thing to do. When I yeah. moved here, it was for work, you know? Uh, so I'm always really impressed by people that, that are able to just go out and, and really put themselves out there and go on a big adventure on their own. I think that's amazing. Like, what was that like? What was going through your head and what inspired you to do that? Um, I think that I always, like, I always loved travel, but travel to me growing up was like going to like Mexico or Hawaii with my family, like, mm-hmm. you know, going to like an all-inclusive resort, but I was like, okay, I love getting away. And then I did like a couple Euro trips, but I never really had a desire to go to like Southeast Asia or certainly not Africa or anything. Yeah. And then um, one of my best friends was swimming in the Olympics in Rio in 2016. So we were going to go see her, like a couple of us friends were going to go fly there and support and go for the Olympics. So uh, like going, I was like, I have no desire to go to Rio. I'm going to get Zika virus. I'm going to get mugged. Like, you know, I'm just like <laughs> right. not, it's not something that's on my list. But then I went and obviously had the best time ever because Rio is like incredible. So I think from then on, I was just like, take me to the world. Like, I think that when you get out of your comfort zone, you realize like, just how how amazing it can be and if you're if you stay stuck in it you just don't really get a taste of like that adventure but once you do you're like oh this is the best like there's just so much more to life than like being comfortable you know like when I was living in Vancouver I loved my job I love my apartment love my friends Mm -hmm. obviously like love my family and everything I had the best life but I was like okay I just like kind of want to try something more I never thought I would move out of Vancouver and then as soon as I went on that like peace play passion trip I was like I can't go back to my normal life. Like I was addicted to adventure, you know? So yeah, it was scary for sure. Like it's a big, it's a big step to like go out in the world solo. But I also had like friends along the way. Like I was going to visit my friend in Rwanda and then I visited a friend in Australia. So that kind of helped. It wasn't like I was really alone, but right, right. you're never really alone when you travel anyways, because there's so many solo travelers and it's so easy to meet people when you stay at hostels and stuff. People are, yeah, they're always willing to help each other, aren't they? Like yeah. people are always willing to help out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it can seem scary, but I think that if anyone goes like, you'll for sure make friends and it'll just, it's just going to be so worth it. I think you would regret if you didn't go, but you would never regret going, you know, you're, you're only going to grow stronger and have like amazing experiences. You know, people put up a lot of hurdles and, and people are afraid, you know, and like you said, even, even if they're not afraid for safety, but just comfort. Yeah. I've stayed at plenty of hostels, like really cheap places down here in Southeast Asia. They're not always very comfortable, but, yeah. you know, when I, when I get home from those adventures, I'm never, like, upset about it. I'm never disappointed in that. You know, it's part of the exactly. experience. It's like you have, <laughs> one just... good, you have a good shower, you scrub yourself down, then you get back in your bed, right. and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that was amazing. But I think that, like, I don't know, I have a tendency, and I know, like, some other people t- do, too, where it's like, when you're on the trip, sometimes you're like, oh, this is difficult, or, like, I'm not comfortable or something. And But as soon as you get back from the trip, you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like you always only remember the best things. So I think that's why it's like so important to really like check yourself and like live in the moment while you're on your trip so that we don't like take it for granted or get lost in like the hard parts of traveling because there are hard parts, but like we always like appreciate it after. So it's important to like appreciate it in the moment, you know? I've heard that described as type two fun. Like type one fun is something that's fun when you're doing it. You know, type two fun is when you look back on it later and you think, yeah, that was awesome. Oh my God, exactly. It's like, okay, I hate this. I hate every moment of it. But after you're like, that was awesome. (laughs) 
Yeah, and you look back at your pictures and you think, wow, that was a really cool experience. I'm really glad I did that. Well, that was your first adventure. What do you think is the biggest adventure? Was that Would, would that have been your biggest solo adventure? Yeah, that probably was because that was six months, like pretty solo around the world. That was what really yeah. like opened my mind up and my eyes up to traveling. Um, and then since then, I mean, yeah, I've now been like, I uh, did a, a really awesome Central America trip and Colombia. That was amazing. Um, like I said, this is my fourth time to Africa. I've done like, yeah, safari. Like, I don't know. It's just, honestly, life is crazy. Like it is such a dream, but yeah, I love traveling for wildlife. So I love like scuba diving and safaris, um, like gorilla trekking, anything with like wildlife. I'm all about it. I know that you just got back from a safari and I'd love to hear about that. A safari is just like the best experience you could ever give yourself. Like, and obviously it's not cheap, but like people can spend like thousands of dollars going to like an all-inclusive resort in Mexico every year, or you can save up and like go on safari. Like, I just can't tell you how like incredible it is to like just be out there in the bush, in nature with the animals. The things you see are just ridiculous. And like, it totally does bring like a new perspective on life because like, as you're watching like, a leopard eating its impala in the tree. You're just like, oh, okay, my day's not that bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I guess it's different. It's not just like something that you see on TV. Like, you know, you see these David Attenborough documentaries, yeah. but you're still removed from it. But I guess when you're actually watching it, it, yeah. it feels more like authentic, more real. Totally. I think, yeah, I remember my first one was like three years ago or something in Rwanda. And I remember like seeing those elephants and just being like, oh my, like you see people's photos, but like, in real life, it's just like the magnitude of this like stunning creature in front of you. It just, you cannot compare and it's just so magical. So yeah, this last one that I went on was in Kruger. It was like a little bit of a tour group with my business, which we can talk about in a bit, maybe Adventureless. I host some tour groups with it. So I had like a couple guests come with me and we went to um, Klesiri. We stayed with Simbavadi Lodges and we stayed at Camp George, Trails Camp and River Lodge and we had some crazy like really crazy encounters which actually like scared us for our lives like really got the heart pumping because <laughs> like obviously you are safe on safari you're you're in the vehicle as long as you don't do anything stupid like get up and run away or scream and run around or something <laughs> right um you're part of the landscape to them like you're part of this vehicle so they're used to it yeah. it's nothing threatening to them they know it by now so they wouldn't like attack you um so you're safe on safari but it doesn't take away from like knowing the power that these animals that they could kill you very easily if they wanted to so like if an elephant is like coming up to you and like trumpeting like or like a lion is walking right by you you're like oh my I think I my heart just stopped beating for a second there like it could very easily rip me to shreds if it wanted to but it's so thrilling it's like incredible yeah and yeah we were doing um like a walking safari at Simbavadi Trails Camp. And we were just like walking for two hours. We didn't really see any animals. And then we were like nearing the end of our walk. And so that's like when you're on foot and then you have like a ranger in front of you with a, like a rifle who he wouldn't shoot unless right. our lives were threatened, but it wouldn't, they, they're so well-trained that like you wouldn't be put in a position where that would have to happen. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. Um, but we, yeah, near the end, we like heard some elephants. They were like pretty nearby. They're like trumpeting like, and so he's like, okay, do you guys want to go see? And we're like, okay, that's why we're here. So then we like walk up and I guess like the wind like caught 
we see all these elephants and the wind like must have like carried our scent towards like one of the uh-huh. females like and the mama elephants are like you do not want to mess with them because they're protecting their babies so we were right, just like sure. standing from afar and she she somehow noticed us and kind of like took note and became like curious started like walking towards us like flapping her ears I, I cannot tell you the fear I was like, this is it for me. Like, this is the end. It was so crazy. What a way to go. Oh, I know. But um, yeah, obviously our our ranger, he's like got our back. So he just like motions for us to get behind him. And we just stay together right. in a group and walk back slowly. But we were all like, oh my God, it was such a rush. It was so cool. When you're at a zoo, you don't have the real interactions, I guess, with the animals. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Super cool. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because I think that there's just something about like actually being in their habitat, you know, mm-hmm. with them that you, you just can't recreate anywhere. Totally. Yeah. It's amazing. And it makes, it makes you realize that we are just guests on their planet as well. You know what I mean? It's right. like, this is their home. We're just living in it. So like, it's a privilege to even be able to like witness them and like watch them like go on with their day-to-day lives of just surviving essentially and that's that's so much better than you know sometimes your places like even you know even here in thailand there are a lot of places that use animals as entertainment like you know the elephants and things like that elephant rides and like it's cute and they're performing and people think Mm -hmm. oh it's great i want to get my picture with them but it's not really an ethical way of you know of of interacting with the animals but i think that doing a safari and, and just allowing them to be animals and allowing them to kind of do you know, animal stuff and just yeah. live their real lives is a, a very, very good way of, of still totally. interacting with them, but in a way that's ethical. Yeah. I'm not a fan of anything that keeps animals in captivity because that's not where they're meant to be. Um, and then I think with safaris, there's like questions about it as well. Like people will be like, what are you doing? Leave it, leave that elephant alone. But I think that the benefits to safaris, which are like, getting to witness the animals but also not posing a threat to them and they're habituated to Mm -hmm. us so they don't feel threatened they are going on with their daily lives um also like tourism Mm -hmm. dollars are huge for helping anti-poaching efforts and conservation and even just like education and awareness about these amazing animals that allows us to like keep the properties like fenced off and keep keep the effort going to like keep them safe and conserve like their home i just think that the tourism benefits so outweigh any like anyone who says that like safari is kind of like intruding on their land. We're actually helping to protect and preserve their land. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about solo travel. We kind of touched on it a minute ago, but my co-host and I, we did an episode about solo travel a little while back, but in the middle of the episode, we realized that, you know, as just as two guys, we probably have a different perspective than a lot of people in the world. Um, So maybe you can talk a little bit about solo travel as a female adventurer. I mean, you've been to what, like, I think I saw on your website, like 40 something countries. Yeah, 45. Yeah. That's incredible. And were those all are mostly solo adventures? Yeah, especially now uh, I travel solo. Like ever since I did that first trip, it's definitely my favorite way to travel. And I love when like my friends can come meet me or or I can meet them or something. Mm -hmm. But I love, I mean, I love the independence. I love being able to do whatever I want. Like I'm worried that I've become like, I'm, I'm a little too independent. I'm like, okay, I would love you guys to join me, but I want to do my own thing. Like I really, I right. really value like my me time. And I also, I am like, I'm like an extrovert as well. So I do like to be social and like, I really value making 
new connections and meeting new people. Mm -hmm. And it's just harder to do that when you have like your comfort blanket of like someone you know that's with you. If you're sitting at a restaurant or the bar or something alone, like there's just a way higher chance that you're going to start talking to someone and meet someone new or like in the hospital, you'll be pushed more to like speak to other people than you would if you had a friend with you. So yeah, otherwise you're just going to be talking with your with your yeah. travel companion. And it's, and it's amazing. And you guys make these amazing, I've traveled with my best friend a lot too. Like you make these amazing memories and it's so nice to have someone who knows you and has your back. And it's so nice if you like forget your wallet or something and then you don't have to deal. Like sure, it's yeah. nice to have that. To Not that that's the reason, but no, just like the comfort of like having someone that you know and love and loves you and will like, yeah, we'll have your back, but I think with like solo traveling, yeah, it just pushes you out of your comfort zone and ultimately makes Mm -hmm. you a more open, more outgoing, more adventurous person. I think it's really valuable. What is the maybe scariest or or most negative experience you've had uh, on a solo Mm -hmm. adventure? Have you had any kind of bad experiences? Um, I can't think of any real like scary ones or like really bad ones. But I think one of just like one of the challenges, obviously, is sometimes it gets so exhausting to like constantly mm-hmm. make new friends and like be social. Sometimes you're like, I just want to chill. Like yeah. that's kind of why I like being based in Cape Town right now because I ha- already have my friends here. I don't have to like go to a new hostel every day and like start talking to people. Like I remember one time in Colombia. I went to Minka, which is like awesome jungle. And then I went down, to, I wanted to do this like overnight hike in Tyrona Park. So I remember like specifically booking like a social hostel the night before the hike, because I wanted to meet mm-hmm. people there who were going to go on the hike so that I could hike with them. But I also remember getting to that hostel and just being so tired and like, just looking out and being like, Oh, I don't want to go talk to any of these people. Like, I literally right, want to yeah. go to bed. So then I did, and and I ended up meeting some people um, on the hike. Like, that was cool, but they were just doing a day hike, so they weren't staying overnight like I was. So I hiked up with them, and then I just stayed overnight, like, totally by myself. I didn't really talk to anyone. I slept in a hammock surrounded by all these, like, mm. old Colombian men. There was, like, a Colombian soccer team that was, like, sleeping there as well. It was so weird, but so it was, like, such an amazing hike and a really beautiful park, but it's like just because I was solo traveling and I didn't manage to like meet any friends within the 24 Mm. hours that I gave myself, it could have been a better experience. So yeah, it's it's kind of like hit or miss like that. But I mean, I also could have met the best people who are doing the same overnight hike and we could have had the same, it just, you know, you just never know. So it's like, I wouldn't change it, but you do run into times like that where you're like, Oh, okay. I'm kind of lonely. Sucks to be sleeping in a hammock by myself. I guess that's really the, uh, the major downside of solo travel is that if you don't meet anyone, yeah, there is an element of loneliness yeah, involved. For sure. And I guess you have to become really comfortable just with yourself as well. And just admit, yeah, sometimes I'm just going to have to be like this, you know? Oh, <laughs> and, and now I feel like I'm like, I love that. Like I feel like solo yeah. travel does make you like really comfortable with your own company, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But honestly that barely happens. You most of the time you're with people. So if anyone's listening and is like, oh yeah, that's so scared. It's like that never like it's happened like two percent of my entire solo traveling life. You know mm-hmm. where I've been lonely. Other than that, like there's always people around and like people are so friendly because a lot of them are solo travelers as well. So they also want to meet people. 
Yeah. So what are some of your solo travel tips just for practicality and maybe for safety as well? What are some tips that you would have to give to people that are maybe interested in it, but maybe a little bit scared? Yeah. Okay. For like social things, definitely staying at hostels, like even in in the dorm bed is so key. I'll often meet people right off the bat and then you can kind of just like go on adventures with them and stuff and like go do like day trips or hikes or something with people from your hostel. That's really key. Um, for safety, yeah, you just have to keep your wits about you no matter where you are. In Cape Town, I just don't walk by myself after dark. Like, I won't walk around. Um, if, if, if I'm, like, two blocks from home or I'm going to, like, I'll get in an Uber. So <laughs> you just have to kind of, like, know the area you're in. And obviously, better safe than sorry. And just, like, trust your gut. If you're like, this doesn't feel right then maybe take like a different street or get an Uber or yeah, it's best to like travel in groups, um, you know, walk around with like a group of people you mm-hmm. met at the hospital or something. And then obviously I always like carry my purse in front of me and like, <laughs> I don't know, protect your valuables, you know, don't leave your phone unattended, that kind of thing. Great. Great. Um, yeah. Have you ever been in any, like a situation that you can think of where being solo really, really benefited you? Like an adventure that really started just because you were alone think of like a specific one but honestly like every trip like every trip because I I have so many amazing people in my life now that live all over the world like I really feel like I have like so so many amazing friends when I've traveled so I think that's how it benefits me like all the time like here in Cape Town I feel like I've built like a new little like family away from my family here you know I feel like so much love around me and I just feel like so what are some of the maybe best places to travel solo? Like some of the the countries that really, really, um, or that are really good for solo travelers. Yeah, I mean, you could probably vouch for this as well. Like Southeast Asia is a pretty, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty like a common like backpacker route where you're gonna for sure meet other backpackers and solo travelers. So like, maybe that's a good one. My first, my first like real travel, I guess was Europe. I went on a Kintiki tour. um, And that's kind of good to like, just kind of get a taste of what it's like to travel, but also have like the tour group kind of do all the organizing and stuff for you. Um, And Europe is like obviously pretty travel friendly. Like it has, you know, transportation is good. It's pretty safe. Yeah, that's that's a good place to do it. But yeah, I think tour groups, that's why like I, my adventure less tour groups, I want like solo travelers to come on them because I feel like now I've kind of like learned a lot of the ropes when I travel and I know like, I feel like, yeah, it's nice if you're like scared to go on your first solo trip or maybe some places are like harder to travel solo. Like a safari, for instance, it's kind of hard to go on safari solo. So that's why I like to just like bring together these solo travelers and then we can all just like become best friends by the end of it, but have an awesome time. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, actually, let's talk about it. Let's talk a little bit about that. What inspired you to start your business? Oh, okay. So, oh my gosh. So I'm a travel writer. That's like my main um like profession I guess right but right now but um and then I do travel content creation so I do a lot of like collaborations and stuff on Instagram Mm -hmm. and my blog and my background is marketing so I think it was over COVID it was over the summer and I was just like what can I do because I know that I want to do something beyond um just like freelance travel writing I knew that I wanted to like build a brand and like build a business something that I could be proud of so literally I spent so much time being like, what am I going to do? And then it just like came to me one day. I don't know. 
I had this vision. It's weird because my first vision was like this shirt, which is just like a black t-shirt with like my adventure left logo yeah. on it, which is just like bold white font with the little sparkles, like, which I, I use a lot of time as an emoji because I feel like it represents like magic. And I feel like a lot of the time there's like magic in my life. So I just, anyways, I had this vision of this shirt and I was just like adventureless. And basically what adventureless is, is everything that I do putting it out to my audience so that they can get involved somehow so like the tour groups are a way to like travel with me and like also meet other like-minded adventurers and like go on awesome adventures because my main goal is for everyone to just get out and adventure and like live their dream lives because I feel like that's what I'm doing so the tour groups are like an opportunity for us to go out and like experience the world together And then I also have a travel content creation course and consultation. Mm -hmm. So the the idea behind that is I feel like I've been able to kind of create my dream life as like a digital nomad and travel content creator. So, I mean, I want others to be able to do the same. Mm -hmm. I really feel like, especially with COVID, we've realized that we can work online and we can go live somewhere that stimulates our soul versus just like being stuck, like no one's stuck. So my travel content creation course kind of shows the tools to become a travel content creator and like a nomad like I am. So like there's tips on like photography and editing, um, how to grow your social media, your blog, how to become a travel writer, how to do brand collaborations. Like when I travel, I normally stay, like I'll stay at a hostel in exchange for like creating content for them or promoting them. So I'm like cutting costs that way. Um, so I just think that there's a lot of tools that people can do that they can use to like make travel and like living the dream a thing. Like I, I think it's like so possible yeah. if you really commit to it and it's not easy. Like I'm only now starting to see like the benefits of it, but yeah, my adventureless course is trying to share what I've learned along the way. Um, and then the mm-hmm. coaching sessions are also to give like a more personal approach to like people's specific goals or what they're working towards. That's that. And then there's also um, the travel apparel and gear, gear, which is just like the stuff that I wear all the time. And yeah, just kind of like things that I that I do anyways. Um, and then it also has um, the other thing is a trip planning component. So people can come to me and I plan their trips for them based on like where I've been um, and like That's using my connections. Cool. And then I'm also an on-call travel buddy. So maybe they are on their first solo trip, but they can like hire adventure lesson and I'll be there available by text to like talk to them if they're feeling lonely or lost or don't know what to awesome, do or just yeah. want to chat or something. Um, so yeah, like a little on-call travel buddy service. That's really cool. I think, and that could really help people that are afraid to travel solo for their first time, having just something like a, like a safety line, you know, yeah. some support network for them. Yeah, That's exactly. Really cool. And I think it can be really intimidating for people if they don't know where to start with like planning their trip. They're like, where do I even go? And mm-hmm. how do I do it? So yeah. I, they can, that, that's where my trip planning service comes in is like, I can do that for you. That's really cool. So where, what are your upcoming adventures that you're planning? Ah, I, okay. I'm planning a crazy meetup. Okay. I'll just tell you because this podcast isn't airing for like two weeks, right? Sure. And we can wait until, until okay, you're ready yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> to announce um, so it. Right? I'm planning one right now. It's going to be in the fall, and it's going to be to the Galapagos Islands. So it's going to be a cruise so cool. around the islands. And, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm working with a company there called Enchanted Expeditions, and I've been chatting to them for, like, a year. And we just feel like now 
because I really want to go and like help create content for them and like experience um like their cruises um and I feel like by fall hopefully I mean who knows but like hopefully there will be enough like vaccines distributed and like restrictions yeah. might be lifted a bit but yeah I'm going so I hope some people can join me. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so this is the exclusive reveal. You heard it here first. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, we're definitely going to link to all of that. That is super cool. Crazy, yeah. Right? Well, that's, yeah. that's really incredible. In this business, there's, there's always value for, there's value for everyone. Like this is how I see like my brand mm-hmm. collaborations because it's like, yes, I get to go on these incredible experiences that I yeah. never would have been able to afford but like, I also know the value that I can bring in terms of like spreading the word and like promoting them and leveraging like my platform or whatever to help like drive business towards them. So I really just feel like if you come at it from like an authentic standpoint, like you reaching out to me, this is amazing. Like I'm so happy. And like, I know you see value in, so in it as well. Yeah. So a lot of it fun. just works yeah. for everyone. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what have, what have been some of the biggest challenges with building your brand? Because I can't imagine that it's it's easy, is it? No, but obviously the biggest challenge is launching a travel business during COVID. Oh, right. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. You know, I can't even really speak to what the normal, I mean, obviously I could tell what the normal challenges are, but like I, I wanted to do like a tour already, but it's like I can't really encourage international travel right now or like I can't be planning people's trips when no one's traveling and stuff. So, you know, right. I had to launch it and it's, it's been amazing. Like the response has been amazing. And like, there's been like some mm-hmm. really cool traction and I know it's only going to go up from here, but yeah, it's like, it, it'll be, it'll be a lot easier when travel's a thing. <laughs> right. Gosh. Well, hopefully that won't be too, too far in the future. No. I was reading an article the other day about uh, a few different countries in the world, Maldives and, and a couple other ones are launching the vaccinations pretty soon where they're inviting you into the country to get a vaccine and have a two week vacation and you get both shots while you're like Uh, at a resort. Yeah. uh, So I think they said Maldives, they said they're going to try to launch it as soon as they've vaccinated most of their population. They're like at 50%. Yeah. um, According to the article I read. So maybe in a couple months, that would be a really cool way to get traveling again. That is so cool. I love that. You know, there's so many like, there was a lot of cool things like I think like Barbados and some other places during the height of COVID were like incentivizing mm-hmm. people to come visit with like a new uh, like a new digital nomad program or like extended visa, or, you know, so that people can still visit because obviously these countries are like suffering with the lack of tourism. So they still want people to visit but do so safely. And that is so cool to vacation. I love that. <laughs> Nothing's official yet, but it's a cool idea. Yeah, and I think people would do that. I mean, it's a win-win. You get your vaccine, so you don't have to worry about For COVID sure. anymore. And then you get to go to the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're paying them for a two-week vacation. Yeah. I mean, everybody's benefiting from that. Love it. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but well, you mentioned that a lot of these countries are starting some like digital nomad programs. And I think that's really cool. That's something I wish that Thailand would do. Thailand has really strict visa regulations for living here. Mm-hmm. but there's a, a ton of people that are here as digital nomads and, you know, working, I guess, you know, quote unquote, illegally. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting Thailand to launch some sort of digital nomad visa mm-hmm. for a long time. I just think it would be a big benefit to the country, but what do you think are some of the best countries right now to be digital nomads in? Uh, yeah. It's funny. Cause so I'm staying at Atlantic point backpackers here and the owner, Tim is like, 
pushing for a digital nomad visa for South Africa as well, because yeah, we don't have it here either. Um, honestly, yeah. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I think that I thought I would have thought Thailand was one of them because I feel like there's so many digital I mean, nomads it there. Is. It is, but, but you have to be on a, on a tourist visa and leave and come back every, you know, every month or two. Yeah. Do like a freaking visa run, which is like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. um, no, I think just like, I just think wherever people feel is like pulling them because there's Wi-Fi everywhere and you can find a community everywhere. I think it's just like, yeah, because a lot of people are like, I don't know where to go. It's like, just well, just start somewhere and just go wherever you like feel yeah. is kind of calling you. And then if you're a nomad, the good news is you should hopefully be able to like pick up and leave if you absolutely hate it. Like I was mm-hmm. just in Tulum in the fall and that's a really big scene for like nomads, but I couldn't couldn't vibe with it I tried I was there for like yeah. two and a half weeks and I was like this is, isn't okay it's not my place which is totally fine like I have a lot of other places so then I like kept on going and I loved Puerto Escondido in Mexico like that was like mm-hmm. my new favorite place after Cape Town but yeah tons of places to go just I think yeah just wherever it feels like inspiring to you and I think it's so important to like yeah. put yourself in a place where like you feel like you're the, you're your happiest self and then and that's when like yeah. the most inspiration can flow in and opportunities can flow in like I know that's what's happened to me in Cape Town I'm here because I love it and that's why I'm having all these incredible opportunities come up because I'm just like putting myself in the best possible place yeah. mentally you know what I mean like that's what well I believe in like the power of manifestation so I believe that like if you manifest like you have to get out like put yourself in a place where like opportunities can flow in. I wouldn't be experiencing like these kind of things if I was sitting at home in an office job that I hated. Right. I mean, if you're not happy, you're not going to be doing your best work in anything, right? Exactly. I think it's never been easier to like live where you want to live and, you know, just use your skills and your interests to like create something. I mean, there's so many opportunities online and like so many different like networking opportunities with like Facebook groups and just like connecting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like now it's a really exciting time. Maybe that's like the millennial yeah. and me talking and my, my parents would be right, like, ah! right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's really exciting. <laughs> right. We can all live our dream lives if we want to. <laughs> Generally, the only thing holding us back is, is ourselves. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, of course there's like layers of privilege and like different challenges that right. people face, but I definitely know that if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to be able to make it happen. You know what right. I mean? I think that's the biggest key is just believing in yourself and just committing because it's, it does take time and it's not easy. And like, there's a lot of effort and stuff that comes into like making a life like this work. But if you believe in yourself, yeah. I really think you can do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then of course there's going to be failures along the mm-hmm. way. I mean, maybe two weeks back or two or three weeks back, we released an episode about our failed adventures. Everybody has had failure you know any traveler anyone that's done any kind of adventure has had failures and that's just part of it and you have to be willing to accept that I guess so what what kind of failed adventures have you been on have you been anywhere where things just completely went wrong (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be too negative but sometimes these are the funniest stories I know no I did the worst one I feel like I this isn't even a good story but I tell it because it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me like when I traveled so I was on this layover it was on my same trip, Peace, Play, Passion. I was coming from Hawaii. Then I had a 24-hour layover in LA. And then I was flying on like a, a direct, lovely red eye to Paris. Um, okay. And then and the, my flight was at 20 o'clock. 
like 20 zero zero. And I was just yeah. because I'm like, okay, sweet. Two, like I see like a bunch of zeros in the time. It's 10 p.m. Didn't think twice that it's actually 8 p.m. Oh my God. <laughs> I just was like way too casual. Like didn't even double check my ticket. I was just like, yeah, my flight's at 10. So obviously I show up to the airport, like missed my freaking flight. So uh, I think I was oh. out like $700. I was just running around LAX, like crying, oh, no. being like, get me on the next flight to Europe. Like, I don't care. And to be fair, that's one of the worst airports in the world, too, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. It was, yeah, I still have like really bad flight anxiety because of that. Like I checked, I triple oh, no, check yeah. my flight times now. Like I'm so paranoid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the learning lesson. But yeah, and then I ended up having, well, I ended up staying in LA another night and actually had like an awesome night, went salsa dancing in Hollywood and got some awesome tacos. Um, so that's kind of the silver lining. I was like, oh, okay. I can kind of see why this happened now. But then I had to go, that's good, I had yeah. to then fly through Moscow, Russia, and then down to Paris. And when I got to Paris, like my bags were still in Moscow and I had to like stay for Par- in Paris with no bag. Like, it was just an absolute nightmare. So, I mean, lesson learned, check your flight time and learn the 24 right. o'clock. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's how they trick us, right? That's yeah. how they trick us North Americans. I know. I'm like, why did you just say 8 p.m.? Why did you have to do that to me? Make me use my brain. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, it's not easy, is it? It's quite confusing. It's difficult. You have to encounter yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we all have to learn our lessons somehow. Okay, mine was just a little more expensive. <laughs> That's right. I mean, every failure does teach us a lesson yeah. for sure. And, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and, you know, and they always make a good story. Yeah. And I'm over it now. I'm clearly over it. <laughs> I don't know who said it, but I, I saw a quote somewhere that said, you know, adventure starts when things go wrong. Like mm. that's where your good stories come from. Like oh, if you just so had a true. wonderful vacation, that's nice, but yeah. there's not much of a story to tell by a vacation where everything was just perfect. You know, exactly. I mean, even your story about getting scared by the elephant. I mean, that yeah. wasn't, part of the plan, you know, but that's where the best stories come from. Oh, that's so true. I love that. <laughs> Whenever we have a guest in another country, I always like to get some good local recommendations. So if, if somebody's visiting Cape Town, what do you think is the one place that they have to eat? Food, coffee, you know, oh, dessert, God. whatever. I don't know. There's so many good restaurants here. Um, I yeah. really love like I love okay this isn't like necessarily because of the food not that they don't have good food but it's called Tiger's Milk on Camps Bay um and it like looks out onto the onto the beach and the sunset so I love going there and just getting like some tacos or something and or like a burger and they have good like veggie burgers as well and um just like watch sipping some wine and watching the sunset that's like Mm, as far as like a vibe goes I really love it there um, but there's so many good places um, for brunch. There's a restaurant called Our Local, which is like really quirky design, like antiques and like has like chairs hanging from the ceiling and plants. I have an amazing dish called shakshuka. Um, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I love just going to like bootlegger for coffee or for like with my laptop, like get a coffee and just like work from there for the day. Oh, there's so many. Oh, that's that's really cool. I mean, Cape Town is a super neat super neat town. Again, I, I, unfortunately I didn't get to spend much time in Cape town itself, mm. but, but what I did see there was really, really nice. We had planned to do all the stuff there, go up table mountain, but the day that we were there, it was super foggy. Oh, really? It just wouldn't, wouldn't have been nice. There were, you couldn't see, you couldn't even see the mountain. Oh but yeah. Hey, so we're up there. We're certainly not going to see anything up from the top either. The craziest thing about Cape town is it's 
like little microclimates. Like it's clouds are always doing something so crazy. Like sometimes over Table mm. Mountain, they'll make like a, we call it like a tablecloth. It's like a little blanket of clouds across Table Mountain. And they just look like they're pouring over like dry ice, just cascading. Like it's so wild. And then yesterday, um, the main thing you have to do in Cape Town is hike Lion's Head, which is my favorite okay. mountain. Um, it's like, it's the best, the best view is the best little workout. It's like about 40 minutes. It's not the easiest hike. Like there's some like ladders and chains and stuff. So you have to be careful, but mm -hmm. it's my favorite. And then yesterday um, I did it for sunrise because that's the best time to do it. And the cloud, mm -hmm. there was like this sea of fog, like a fog blanket, just like oh, all below that. the mountain. That was ridiculous. The second you think you've had like the most magical sunrise up there or Cape, you've seen it all, like Cape Town just like surprises you with something so crazy. But yeah, it's just so magical here. I just want everyone to come and see what it's like because I can't even, I've never seen anything like it, the way that like the clouds work around here. It's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I, I haven't been in, gosh, years and years. I've, I've hoped to go back to South mm. Africa. It's such a beautiful country. And you have to let me know if you come because I'll probably be here. <laughs> Okay, sure, certainly will do. Now, where can our listeners connect with you online? Me, um, yeah, I guess if anyone wants to like connect, the best place would probably be my Instagram. So it's my name, Kelly Paxian. So K-E-L-L-I-E-P-A-X-I-A-N. Um, my website is on there as well. And then Adventureless, my business is in my bio. So it's on, on Instagram, Adventureless. It's adventureless.travel and that's the website as well it's not .com it's .travel so that's like the new thing cool. <laughs> very cool and I can definitely recommend the content creation course so check it out everybody thanks so much <laughs> great well I am excited to hear about your uh, upcoming adventure and maybe after you get back from the Galapagos we'll have yeah. you on again and you can, oh, you can talk about awesome. some of your amazing experiences in the future as well cool let's do it thank you so much well, Kelly, thank you so much. And yeah, hope to talk to you again in the not too distant future. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, so uh, we're back. Yes, we are. Great interview. Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying talking to people from around the world, hearing their expertise in whatever whatever they do. It was, it was a, a great time. And as you heard in the interview, we got the worldwide scoop on her next big trip, which mm -hmm. you guys can actually sign up for. I mean, assuming all goes well on the COVID front, um, you can actually sign up for that next big meetup. And how cool would it be to go to the Galapagos? The Galapagos is, the, is on my bucket list of places. That would be super cool. I know. I'm going to see the tortoises. Just like chilling. Everything on that island just chills. They're just hanging out, being birds with different beaks. I would chill if I were there. I'd get a daiquiri. Did they, I'm sure they drink daiquiris in Ecuador. Probably. I don't know anything about Ecuador. I really enjoyed her take on everything, because we've kind of talked about this before, um, the solo travel and the content creating and things like that, but she has more experience than we do. And she's, yeah, she's much better at it than we are. Yes. Been a lot more places than you and I combined. Probably most people combined. And still solo, solo, and has learned all of these things. And so that's why, that was really the reason that we wanted to have her on because, yeah, you and I have done some solo traveling like we talked about in that other episode. 
nothing like that with when her first solo trip is a six-month world tour like come on that's amazing i know (laughs) and i really enjoyed hearing just a different perspective from somebody that's doing this full-time and Mm -hmm. actually has made a, a life and a career out of it so out of it what was what was your favorite part of the interview you know what i think what i really enjoyed was hearing how excited and passionate she was about what she's doing you know, this is a project that we have that I really enjoy. And I hope that eventually I can get to a point where I'm as passionate about this podcast. Because I think that's really the key to success in a lot of this, is you have to really love what you're doing. And just from talking to her, you could really tell how passionate she is about traveling and getting other people to travel. And I think that's really important. And I think a lot of people don't have that in what they do. And, you know, and passion doesn't always mean just being happy and enjoying it. It means doing it even when you don't want to because you love it. And it means getting out of your comfort zone. And we talked about that on our, our episode is that the best trips come from when you get out of your comfort zone. For sure. Like, yeah, going to a resort and hanging out is all well and good. You know, it's and sometimes you need that. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. But much better stories come out of getting lost in the jungle or right or getting scared by um, an elephant like, getting like scared by an elephant like like she said and yeah. and i really like that i like that it's sort of the same mindset when it comes to adventuring it was really cool yeah, yeah and um i told you this james after i finished the interview i messaged you i'm like you know what i am so inspired now like i'm, I'm feeling <laughs> energized i'm feeling motivated right like i met somebody that makes this work as a lifestyle like just talking to her was so motivating and, mm-hmm. and, you know, she kept saying, you know, if I can do this, anyone can do this. You know, I want everyone to kind of achieve their dream and, and to work towards this. And it was great. I felt really inspired to redouble our efforts on this project. Yeah. And I liked what she said about, you know, COVID being kind of an eye opener for a lot of people where it's like, why wouldn't I do it? Right. Nowadays, we realize that almost every job can be done online. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you have to get really lucky as a travel blogger or get really lucky and find a remote job because now like most of them <laughs> more than a year, most jobs have been remote, you know? So yeah, even if you can't make a living simply off traveling and making blogs and yeah. vlogs and things like that, you can still live in a cool place Yeah, and live sure. where you want to live. And yeah, COVID really kind of helped us to slow down i know this this phase was this phase of covid was long long ago this is like the very first phase yes when everybody was talking about like oh covid made me think about what's really important in life now everybody's just depressed and and lonely <laughs> but <laughs> but at the early days of covid but it still was something that we all kind of experienced and thought about yes. at that time and that's very important and she's absolutely right on that i enjoyed hearing her talk about just Cape Town in general. I know very, very little about Mm -hmm. South Africa, especially. Cape Town is cool. And and that was really, really fun. And I would love to go hiking there now. Um, Mm -hmm. That's something I didn't get the chance to do when I was in South Africa. Go to Drakensberg Mountains. Yes. I'd love to go to Kruger. That safari sounded amazing. That's also a bucket list thing to do a, a big safari like that. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun to do, and I really appreciate her coming on the show and taking the time to hang out with us and, and talk to us a little bit about. That's what I want these interviews to be like, just people who have had interesting experiences come on and kind of tell stories. We will definitely try and have her back on. 
yeah, maybe we can reach out to her after she gets back from her uh, Galapagos adventure, because I think that I, I would personally love to hear about that. Well, everyone, make sure you go check out Kelly Paxian. She is. Yes. Great. Yeah. Follow her on Instagram because her Instagram is incredible. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. cool. I sign up for her content creation course and uh, check, check out her page, her travel page to see maybe where her next adventures are. But yeah, follow her blog. It's very, very cool. And um, she's had a lot of great experiences that I think our listeners would be really interested in learning more about. Yep. Thank you, Kelly. Yes. Thank you so much. James, it's time for our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. I have an update on the deep time study. Yes. After 40 days, 15 French volunteers have left the cave without daylight or clocks. I love it. So listeners, a couple weeks ago, we found an article about a French team doing an experiment where they were trying to figure out the effects on the human body and psyche of existing outside of time. To do so, they were placed inside a cave with no sunlight and no clocks, where they had a bicycle-powered generator, so they did have electricity. Um, But 40 people were not trapped, but were placed inside this cave together to see how they did. And this was kind of to help to see what maybe possible future space travel will be like mm-hmm. for long-term space missions, Mars missions, stuff like that. And, and they're out now. Deep Time Project investigated how a lack of external contact would affect the sense of time, and two-thirds wanted to stay longer. Really? I can understand them, like, doing it for 40 days, but wanting to stay longer than 40 days in a cave? Marina Lencion, Lencion? I don't know how to speak French said it was like pressing pause. Mm. She did not feel any rush to do anything and wished she could have stayed in the cave a few days longer. She was happy to feel the wind and hear bird songs again. I understand that, actually. She said she had plans to avoid looking at her phone for a few more days. It actually seems like it went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. It did. I thought they would all hate each other by the end. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, as expected... Those in the cave lost all sense of time. There's no natural light. There's no anything. The time estimated was around 30 days. So they estimated they'd been in the cave about 10 days shorter than they actually had, with one team member saying around 23. And it's because when you're not measuring time in hours or minutes or whatever, they're simply going by sleep cycles. And you have no idea how long you slept. You can't even judge like, oh, I'll go to sleep and it'll be tomorrow when I wake up. Because you might wake up three hours later. Who knows? You know? And if you don't have a clock um, and if you don't see the sky, you're going to have no idea. Johann Francois, math teacher and sailing instructor, ran 10,000 meter circles in the cave to stay fit. Mm. <laughs> he said he sometimes had visceral urges to leave. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. With no daily obligations and no children around, the challenge was to profit from the present moment without ever thinking about what will happen in an hour or two hours. Which is very true. We, everything that we do is like, what am I going to do in an hour? Right. It's all based on our schedules. The team members followed their biological clocks to know when to wake up, go to sleep, and eat. The interesting thing is they're not necessarily researchers either. I'm sure some of them are, but like they weren't like researching the cave while they were in there. No, you can they almost were... understand a team that's like researching the cave. What were they doing every day? They had like projects. Two thirds of the participants expressed a desire to remain underground a little bit longer to finish group projects started during their stay. Mm. So I'm pretty sure they didn't have a goal. 
if you have a goal, you don't get the full extent of how your brain is reacting, you know? Right. Because it, it becomes, how do I fill this time? That's fascinating. I would like to try to go through a day or two without a clock and just see what it's like. Like, don't schedule anything. Just have a day or two of no time schedule. That'd be, that'd be a fun thing to do. I think that'd be very beneficial for all of us to do at some point. Anyway, it's it's very, very interesting, and we'll, we'll put a link to the update. And yeah, article. that's cool. I'm really glad to catch up with them and see what they're up to. And I'm glad it went mm-hmm. well, and I'm glad that they learned something. So Yes. I do think it's a valuable experiment, and it sounds super cool, deep time. I like I it. I know. I don't even know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. I, again, a big, big thank you to Kelly for coming on the show today and talking with us. want to give everybody another reminder of our monthly challenge this month. It's to go out and show us your favorite local spot. Take a picture, hashtag AttemptAdventure, or send it to us via email. Hello at AttemptAdventure.com. As always, you can find us on our website, AttemptAdventure.com, also on Facebook and Instagram as AttemptAdventure. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Give us a like, give us a review, preferably five stars, but make it fair. And (laughs) tell, tell your friends. We will look forward to catching up with you next week where we've got another great guest, and we hope you'll enjoy that one equally. Till next time, keep adventuring.